Sitting upon the Hydean Way in the Ojoster sector on the outer rim and neighboring the Mandalore system, there stood a pale green dot that would become a vital trade hub and cultural center. Taris was perfect for maintaining human life, both in its size, water density, and its flora and fauna. When it was finally discovered by humans, they were all too eager to colonize it. The planet had a 24 standard hour rotation, making it optimized for human physiology and sleep cycles. It boasted a type one atmosphere with sufficient amounts of oxygen, nitrogen, and hydrogen to be breathable for a vast array of species. It was rich with kelp, a nutrient dense seaweed which could be transformed into a wide range of recipes. Kelp farming would be a staple on the planet, helping to feed a population which was growing at an explosive rate. At its height, Terrace reached planetary population of 60 billion sentient life forms, who would build massive skyscrapers across the surface of the world establishing it as one of the 21 ecumenopolises in the galaxy. The surface of Taurus was primarily terrestrial, water making up only about 30%, but it did have a very temperate and stable climate. By the time the world city had been established, much of the native species were driven to extinction, with a few exceptions. One such species was the feathered dog. Do not be fooled by the name, however. This animal was in fact reptilian, not canine. But much like dogs, it became domesticated and was often the companion of Teresian nobles. Another species which survived human domination of the planet was the tack. These small primates served a very important cultural and economic purpose for the people of Taris in the form of the widely exported Teresian ale, which was brewed from the highly intoxicating tack gland. The coin crab, a small crustacean, was perhaps the most durable of all native life forms, not only withstanding the ecological destruction wrought by the colonization of the planet, but also evading the bombardment of Terrace in 3956 BBY. Even into the modern era, the coin crab is considered a delicacy and is often consumed deep fried. Perhaps the most terrifying species native to Terrace was the rack ghoul. Though one could hardly call its evolution natural, the rack ghoul plague was an engineered bioweapon designed by the Sith Lord Karnas Muir, which would transform sentient species into flesh-eating monstrosities. Though it was believed that rat ghouls were driven to extinction during the destruction of Terrace, millennia later it was discovered this was not the case, and they would continue to haunt the galaxy. Teresian society was highly bifurcated, based on socioeconomic class, and unlike other ecumenopolises like Coruscant, which was divided into different sections by industry, Taurus was divided by level, with the mostly human and privileged overclass living on the top levels, and the diverse poor living in the bottom. The city was divided by four sections starting with the upper city. This part 
was where the wealthy and powerful lived. Many politicians, businessmen, and even crime lords inhabited it. It enjoyed very clean air, top-of-the-line healthcare, and rare delicacies from across the galaxy. The upper city had a very tight security and was sure to keep out the rabble from the lower levels, with the exception of labor for menial jobs like cleaning and maintenance. Below this was the middle city, which happened to be the most populated level with primarily middle-class residents. Though it was not as lavish as the extreme wealth of the upper city, it did enjoy relative peace and stability and was the economic engine of the planet. One step lower and we arrive at the lower city. Those born here had virtually zero chance of ascending to the upper city for any reason, and this was largely due to the caste system which had been established on Terrace which forbade it. The lower city was mostly poor slums and governed almost entirely by crime syndicates, as the governments of the higher levels had no interest in the goings-on of the dregs of society. This created an environment ripe for all sorts of debaucherous activity, like gambling, swoop bike racing, and prolific drug use. However, the difficult conditions of the lower city were no match for the absolute rancor pit that was the Undercity. The Undercity was on the surface of the planet. The air was borderline toxic. It was infested with rat ghouls, it was covered in sewage, and lacked any natural light due to the skyscrapers of Terrace blocking the sun. This level was sparsely populated, but those who did live there had an unfortunate destiny of subsistence living. It was used primarily as a place of exile from the other layers of the city, many of whom were banished here during Taurus's civil war. The inhabitants were called outcasts by Teresians, despite the fact that most who lived here up until the destruction of Taurus were born in the Undercity and had actually committed no crimes, but also had no hope of leaving due to their lineage. The Rise of a City The founding of Terrace is strangely vague and shrouded in mystery. Legends of a promised land are rife among those who dwell in the Undercity. Despite the fact that it isn't very old in galactic terms, and its original colonizers were hyperspace capable, a situation where one would assume better record keeping, but perhaps this was by design. Be that as it may, what we do know about its origins is that it was established during the Mandurion period, probably prior to 6000 BBY, by a seemingly small group of human settlers. The initial colony was built underground, though the reasons for this are unclear as the planet's surface was highly optimized for human life. There is no obvious justification for expending a vast amount of resources building an underground city. This lost settlement is likely the origins of the Promised Land myth. It did not take long for the settlers to move to the surface and begin building cities within one millennia. By 5100 BBY, the entire landmass was covered in a concrete jungle, possibly the fastest to ever reach ecumenopolis status. Terrace became a major trade hub and had what seemed to be an unstoppable economy. By the year 4600 BBY, what would later become the lower city was built. In 4400 BBY, the middle city was built, and finally by 4300 BBY, the upper city was completed. Because of its unprecedented wealth and geopolitical importance, it was colloquially referred to as the Coruscant of the Outer Rim. It should be understood that Terrace, unlike other world cities, was not born from a slowly evolved primitive species, 
who went from a stone age to an industrial age as typical civilizations do, but started with highly advanced technology and elite knowledge as a starting point, and was luckily able to avoid any major galactic conflicts. They were also placed perfectly along the Hydean Way hyperspace trade route. These reasons, among others, explain its rapid and meteoric rise. The Terrace Civil War Taurus was once a magnificent planet-wide metropolis of towering skyscrapers, but that was a long time ago. The upper city where the rich citizens live is, is still pretty safe. If it wasn't for the Sith occupation and the planet-wide quarantine, it might not even be a bad place to live. But farther down, things have degenerated. The, the lower city is nothing but a slum overrun by swoop bike gangs, waging a never-ending war for control. And the Undercity is, well, it's even worse. The lowest level of Terrace is a wasteland overrun by rat ghouls. Mindless, diseased mutants that attack on sight. I've already entered all this info into your data packet. By the 4100s, new hyperspace routes were being established, rendering the trade highway on which Terrace sat irrelevant. The Hydean Way was no longer necessary for many worlds in the galactic core to reach the Outer Rim. This had devastating consequences on the once flourishing Teresian economy. It forced the people to turn to much cheaper forms of energy that produced a highly toxic waste byproduct, which poisoned the oceans and destroyed most indigenous flora and fauna. The population of the planet was in free fall. They had a complete demographic collapse. And by the time of the Sith occupation, it had a tenth of the amount of people in it that it had during its golden age. Because of the ecological collapse of Terrace, it entered into a planet-wide famine, exacerbated by the fact that the trade route and hyperspace traffic had come to a grinding halt, and the Galactic Republic had all but abandoned them. The world was ripe for revolution. Panicked, the wealthy upper city residents began hoarding food and resources, and pointing guns at anyone who resisted them. This sparked an uprising from the citizens of the lower levels, and embarked on what would become a very bloody war in which millions of civilians would die in the crossfire. Not much is known about the Taurus Civil War, but what we do know is that it was largely led by non-humans against the primarily human nobles. Ultimately, it was the nobles who won, a victory which led to an extreme anti-alien prejudice within the culture, relegating most of them to the lower city at the conclusion of the war. Those who were involved in the rebellion were severely punished. The revolutionaries would be given a life sentence of exile to the Undercity, a sentence which would pass on to their lineage. After the war, Terrace garnered a very poor reputation for the opulence of its ruling class and its neglect of the poor. Its humanocentric social order and vicious racism against non-humans did not endear it to an increasingly diverse galactic community. By this time, however, Taurus was so economically insignificant that much of the wider galaxy did not pay any attention to it, if only to avoid going there or perhaps to purchase some Teresian ale. Another fallout from the war was that the upper city became less concerned with what went on in the lower sections, causing organized crime, like the exchange, to become the de facto government, which led to highly dangerous pastimes like swoop racing. The sport was perhaps Terrace's final cultural export to the intergalactic community prior to its destruction. 
as it was highly lucrative, especially in betting markets. Destruction. You summon me, Lord Malak. The search for Bastila is taking too long. We cannot risk her escaping Taris. Destroy the entire planet. The, the entire planet, Lord Malak? But there are billions of people on Terrace. We'd be slaughtering countless innocent civilians, not to mention our own men still on the surface. Your predecessor once made the mistake of questioning my orders, Admiral. Surely you are not so foolish as to make the same mistake. By the time of the Jedi Civil War in 3959 BBY, Terror's precipitous decline was in full swing. The upper city was entirely cut off from the goings-on of the rest of the planet's citizens, and the middle and lower cities were rife with crime, economic depravity, and disease. A few years prior, during the Mandalorian Wars, the planet had joined the Galactic Republic in a defense pact to fend off raiding Mandalorians. Unfortunately, after the war concluded, the Republic mostly lost interest in the planet and kept a very small military presence there. When the Sith arrived, they were easily able to overtake what little resistance the planet put up. The Republic did exert one final campaign to defend Terrace by sending the flagship Ender Spire, along with the famous war hero Karthar Onassi and Jedi Knight Bastila Shan, during this battle, the leader of the Sith, Darth Malak, betrayed the legendary Darth Revan, but was not able to kill him before Bastila was able to capture him, making him a prisoner of war upon the Endar Spire. The Spire was ultimately destroyed, but not before Onasi, Bastila, and Revan were able to escape. Darth Malak was obsessed with finding and killing his former master, and was willing to do almost anything to do it. When it became apparent that he would not be able to locate the Dark Lord through operatives and contacts on the planet, he resorted to the nuclear option, rather than allowing his prey to escape. On that fateful day, Malak ordered the destruction of the city through an aerial bombardment that lasted hours. Within a day, Malak had committed a genocide, simply to kill one man. Few things exemplified the banality of evil quite like the atrocity carried out by the Dark Lord as he flippantly rained hellfire on the surface. The population was decimated, particularly the upper city, which bore the brunt of the assault. Most of those who survived were from the undercity, the outcasts, who would later become the dominant people on the planet in a dramatic turn of events. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. A Dark Legacy The Outcasts, rebuilding from the rubble of the destroyed world, began the ultimate quest to discover the so-called Promised Land. Eventually, they succeeded in this endeavor and found the original underground colony on the planet. Though it was largely a disappointment, as the ancient city was dilapidated and in ruin. Not to be deterred, the outcasts did rehabilitate the site and lived there for many generations. 
Unfortunately, the troubles for these people were far from over. During the Jedi Civil War, there was a Rakgul serum, which all but eradicated the disease. A remnant of the creatures were able to survive, and they eventually developed an immunity to the serum, rendering it inert. Because the Rakgul were able to mutate at an unnaturally fast pace, after only a few generations, they evolved into the Nekgul, a larger, sentient, bipedal, and technologically capable species. Not only this, but the Nekgul were able to wield the Force, which even led to some Jedi attempting to train them in later centuries. The outcasts were preyed upon by the Ratgul and Nekgul alike, forcing them back to the inhospitable surface, re-inhabiting the decrepit skyscrapers where they tried to make a life. This was to no avail, as the water was so toxic and crops were next to impossible to grow, ultimately leading to the final extinction of humans on Terrace. Some scientists hypothesize that the Nekgul are in fact an evolutionary descendant of the last humans, so they share some heritage with the planet's former people. It is worth noting that unlike the Rakgul, who expanded through infecting other species, the Nekgul were only able to propagate through breeding. Now that the age of humans was over, Taurus would be the home planet to its native Nekgul. 300 years after the destruction of Taurus, the Republic began recolonization. Though their efforts were frustrated by constant Ratgul outbreaks and Sith incursions, much of what is known about ancient Taurus and its rapid rise and fall was discovered through archaeological excavation during this time and many scholars tried to prove that swoop racing originated in Terrace through what they uncovered. Eventually, the planet did become repopulated by the many species of the Republic and became a thriving society, rebuilding in ruins of a once great civilization. The new Teresians became renowned shipbuilders and an important piece of the galactic economy. They would, however, never return to be the superpower they once were. Thanks for flying with us. Jordan here. Just wanted to let everyone know what's happening here at the Star Lords podcast. Star Lords is now on Discord. If you would like to join the Star Lords Cantina Discord server, you can find a link in the description or on any of our social media accounts. Reach out with a DM or email. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching the Star Lords Podcast. Go ahead and give our page a like and send us a message. You can also email at starlorespodcast at gmail.com. Send us your fan art, Star Wars collections, or fan fictions, and you may even get a feature on one of our pages or even the show. Don't be afraid to offer corrections or add to any of the topics that we discuss on the show. We are also on Patreon, so if you want to help us pay the bills, as well as get a few awesome perks like bonus episodes, access to the private Facebook group, or the VIP section of the Discord server. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash starlores and sign up for as little as one US dollar a month. And finally, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher app or YouTube, as well as sending us a five-star review on iTunes. This really helps us reach a wider audience. Enjoy the rest of the show. Hello folks, this is uh, Jordan here. And Christian. Welcome aboard the Millennial Falcon. We are 
en route in the ancient Hydean way in Neo-Josto sector, sipping on some Teresian ale. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. little stop, and we're uh, riding high and riding high. <laughs> Indeed. So Terrace, the city of Terrace. Um, city of dreams. Yes, something like that. <laughs> More like the city of nightmares. <laughs> Depends I, where you live. <laughs> Terrace is actually like a total, it's a tragedy story, especially ancient Terrace. Yeah. Um, and I said, there's no, I haven't heard any like actual distinction between ancient Terrace and new Terrace, but I basically just, I put it in Terrace. The you mentally put it yeah, in the Terrace into line. Two, yeah. two sections. It's like ancient Terrace and then new Terrace, if you will. Um, though that's not like the official name of it or anything. Uh, but anyways, um, let's just dive right into it. The origins of Terrace. Okay, so I did sort of touch on this, uh, and I found I I'm wondering if this was like some kind of plot hole in the writing, and maybe a fan uh, knows something. I think especially if you played the Old Republic online, uh, they dig a little bit more into Terrace. Um, but uh, one thing about like the history of Terrace is that it was like a very strange set of circumstances in which like some humans colonized it. We don't know who or where they're from. Um, and then they, uh, they built an underground city in a perfectly habitable, like world. habitable world. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it seemed like they were, it seemed like in the, in the KOTOR games, they're setting that up for like the promised land. Right. Cause that's yeah. supposed to be where the ancient promised land is. Um, yet, there, there's just like no like explanation of why anyone would do that. So to me, it almost seemed like a bit of a plot hole. Um, into like they need they wanted the promised land gimmick, and so they had to find a way. Yeah, where where do you, can, they can place it on a planet that's totally a city, yeah. so it's like underground. <laughs> yeah, or it's just I don't know. Maybe the later writers just didn't take into account um, uh, sort of that element of the story i'm not sure but again if anyone the thing is i'm just this is all like second a lot of this is my only first-hand experience with terrace is just playing the kotor games i don't yeah. have any other experience with it like firsthand from the mmo or any books yeah. or anything so yeah, yeah exactly so maybe other people do and they would have more more detailed accounts tell us more about the promised land <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll get into the promised land um I mean, it really actually. We'll just dive into it now. It, from what I understand, it it uh, it is in the older public online. Um, you can actually go there. Yeah, you yeah. can go there. From what I understand, uh, and there's nothing really special about it. It is just like an underground city um, yeah. that that was that was built, and they kind of rediscovered it. There, there is an element like maybe something doesn't seem to make sense to you now just due to a lack of information but yes it could be a setup for something else right like you can use that as a plot thread for oh the early founders of terrace were fleeing something so they hid underground or they were mining something and they found something very valuable in the crust of the earth right like sometimes people will set up a string especially i think when if they're writing for an mmo like the number of story threads they'll have going it's true i'm sure there's like at some point they're like we're gonna pick this up again yeah or it's totally true. Just leaving yeah. that door open, right, for more exploration if they ever want to revisit. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the uh actually I was thinking that my exact thoughts were like it would be a good like it was like a small band of of maybe people from a different planet that that was escaping something and uh they they were hiding underground for a purpose and after like a generation of living underground they came to the surface and started building this up the city yeah. right uh, after sort of the, whatever threat they were facing in past i thought i think that would be a good maybe that is the actual <laughs> yeah i just I, if someone does know yeah. please reach out and let us know <laughs> yeah exactly. we're just guessing at this point but yeah um uh, let's see in my notes here uh i did that think it this is just a little asterisk not Maybe not that big of a deal, but uh, I thought maybe there's almost some 
sort of layers of like the tower of Babel, like building your city so high, your tower so high that, you know, God comes and destroys it. Uh, Sort (laughs) of like Darth Malik God. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like a pride motif, right? Like, like tearing their arrogance. Yeah. yeah. The arrogance, the opulence, right? Like um, there's, there's like a, there's also like a Sumerian myth that's somewhat similar. Um, But uh, where a Sith Lord rains hellfire down. No, like, I mean, (laughs) Similar to the Tower of Babel, not to yeah. terrorists, but um, I just thought it was kind of an interesting, um, conceptually, kind of a similar thing, maybe. Uh, um, so terrorists actually, uh, even after its destruction, it became an ecumenopolis again. <laughs> Seems to be a recurrent thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure. I know in the height during the height of Terrace's um, or its peak, it had 60 billion people. Um, but that was in ancient Terrace. I don't know what the, the new peak, numbers. Yeah. Mean. The new numbers were in new Terrace. However, from what I, I can gather, they actually, I think it was a little smaller. Um, it seemed like I almost got the sense that a lot of the ruins of the old city are almost like a UNESCO heritage site. Like <laughs> they're, mu- they're almost like museums and like archaeological digs, right? So, yeah. so it's not all of it is city. A lot of it is still ruin, and some of it is city. Um, that would be that would be a cool, unique. I I totally thing. agree. Yeah. The the big problem I have with Terrace is that it. I I shouldn't say problem, but it it becomes less interesting to me because it's so much like Coruscant in so many yeah. ways. But it's these little unique things about it and its history and about the planet itself. And we were talking earlier about how like some of its original um, flora and fauna are still intact, whereas like Coruscant is all artificial. Like it's these little unique things that make it stand out on its own. Yeah. That I like. I, and I will say, I'll actually point out, I do think Terra sort of has come into its own as a planet. Like um, I think... It, Initially, when it was introduced in uh, KOTOR, it did very much seem it was like, just Coruscant. Yeah, it was just Coruscant. The only reason it exists is because they couldn't actually destroy Coruscant, so they had to yeah, create exactly, a clone yeah. and then destroy the clone. Yeah. And that was, but I think people have tried to get a little more creative with the planet, and yeah. uh, which is cool. Um, but actually, in the later writing, by the time you get to the Jedi Civil War, the planet only has six billion people on it. Six million with an M? No, six billion with a B. So like Earth. Yeah. Now. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. you can fit all the people of Earth into Texas. Right. If you wanted to. So yeah, it'd be fairly fairly it's, it's, sparsely it populated. Yeah, it wasn't densely populated. And um, I, I don't know if that's what they're going for in the games, but the later writing about Terrace, that is... That is the case. Is that by the time the the Sith, it, it was actually like in deep, and you don't get that sense when you're playing the game, but in the later writing, in the later lore, it, it's actually in deep decline even by the time the Sith come. Right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's been a while since I played Kotor, but I wouldn't say that's that was my vibe. No, me, not yeah. me neither. Right? But maybe it's your excuse for having so many limited AI. <laughs> they can have so many characters out on one at once, so they just like yeah. oh, the population is just really low. <laughs> That's kind of cool. That adds another unique layer where like, yeah, you have all these buildings, but half of them are empty. Half right, of them are yeah. ruins. Half of yeah. them are deba- dilapidated, right? Yeah. Like it looks like Chicago. Like <laughs> it used to be the, <gasps> maybe that's it. Maybe Terrace is Chicago. All the <laughs> yeah, industry is gone. Or Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Sorry, her, her Detroit Pittsburgh. is what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Pittsburgh is like a similar city like that. Yeah. Um, yeah it, so it is kind of interesting. Another thing like, so Terrace <laughs> It's funny. Um, Terrace is literally the same circumference as Earth, virtually. It's about uh, 12,000 miles, kilometers. I can't remember. I think 12,000 kilometers. Earth is like 12,800 or something yeah, like that. Small enough that it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> it's like basically the same size. Uh, it has, has like the same gravity. It has a 24-hour rotation uh, yeah. cycle. I, I, the year, though, is a bit shorter. It's like 300-some-odd days. Uh, so just some interesting factoids about the planet. Um, the other kind of cool thing, again, that makes it distinct from Coruscant is the fact that uh, it it was so rapidly built 
uh, and Coruscant is like such an ancient city and is just like ancient city built upon ancient city. Yeah. Uh, whereas like Terrace was like, it was built to that, like basically 2000 years. Like yeah. it is how very short. In yeah. Galactic terms. It, yeah. Yeah. In terms of like galactic terms, it, it was just, and to go from like a small colony to 60 billion people. Now, Granted, some of that was like migration from a lot other of planets. other planets when yeah. it became like a, a big yeah. But up. even to build that kind of infrastructure and yeah. those massive like again, like you were saying, Coruscant, you're building layer on top of layer. Yeah. Right? Their buildings get high. These people are just building straight up into the sky. Yeah, and yeah, and, it, in every direction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like it's very impressive what they did yeah. uh, in a very short amount of time. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was kind of interesting, and and it is something that made it distinct from other ecumenopolises and uh is impressive um so in in uh new terrace uh it again like i said it becomes another ecumenopolis i another question i had is how are we defining ecumenopolis is it just basically all the land space is covered by city to me that seems like the typical definition but that definition seems a little fuzzy, especially with terrorists. Yeah, because you can, you can't, you can't have, let's say, a planet where everyone lives on one side, one sphere, half of the sphere. Yeah. Right. But like, technically, everyone who lives on the planet lives in one giant city, but that city doesn't cover the entire surface area of the planet. Right. 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 So. So is that an ecumenopolis? Yeah, I, I think just the, on its on the face of the definition, it's just world city. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what does that mean? I think that can be open to interpretation. Maybe there, some scientist or wordsmith out there has to break it down and come up with a new word to define the different variations <laughs> yeah. of a world city. Uh, like, if you had the entire, let's suppose, you know, there was a nuclear holocaust and you only had, like, a handful of survivors live in one city. Yeah. Is that an ecumenopolis, even though most of the planet is a wasteland and the entire world's population lives in, like, a 10-block radius? I don't know. Yeah. It's true. There should be different words for each one of these <laughs> scenarios. Yeah. I, I'm i almost tempted to write an episode. Just <laughs> Where you're going to redefine everything? No, no, on ecumenopolises themselves. Because there's 21, in, in at least in Legends. I don't know what Disney Wars has, but Legends, there's 21. And Terrace is listed as one of them. Yeah, Terrace and Coruscant. And there's a couple. Like Nar Shaddaa is yeah. an ecumenopolis and stuff. That's like the other big one. Uh, but there's a... Narshada is actually, I think, a lot smaller. It's like a moon. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, kind of easier to build a huge world city. But. And would they also define what if it's a ship, an artificial planet? Let's yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah. Like where? Yeah. Is the Death Star an ecumenopolis? Right? Yeah. <laughs> you could almost make It's case. not a moon. Yeah. According to Obi Wan, anyways. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Taris, I. Uh, um, it does have in New Terrace, it has rep- representation in the Galactic Senate. Uh, there's a character in the Clone Wars named Kin Rob, uh, and she's a senator. Um, if anyone is familiar with her, uh, it's one of those like background characters. Yeah, like. not not a everyone think... who appears on screen in Star Wars has to have a name and a backstory, yeah, which exactly. I totally <laughs> love, but yeah, just because of their name doesn't necessarily mean they're important, yeah. <laughs> Um, after the Clone Wars and the rise of the Galactic Empire, Terras was tossed around between the Republic, Warlords, and the Empire. Um, it changes loyalty quite a few times after, uh, uh, um, during the uh, Galactic Civil War and afterwards, like after the Battle of Yavin. And, um, so it is kind of an interesting city that it, it kind of becomes a bit of a political football uh, that's tossed around hunted around yeah. yeah i think because of its location too it's one of those places that like it's it's in the outer outer rim right so yeah yeah it's usually like subject to lawlessness and or whatever political whoever it's most politically convenient to be aligned with right yeah so yeah um makes yeah. sense for its location yeah, uh, the Yuzhan Vong even held it for a while uh, yeah. during the Vong Wars. Uh, they uh, they did um, kill billions of people. Yeah, that's pretty typical yeah. <laughs> when um, they take over. 
and it was like a, a pretty major destructive event, but it still was nowhere near to what happened from what it was nowhere near the kind of crime that Darth Malik committed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't like because the Yuuzhan Vong weren't trying to utterly destroy the planet. They're just they were just terraforming. Yeah, they're and if anything died it, yeah. in the process of whatever. Yeah. Whereas yeah, Malik was just like. Yeah, Malik was like trying to stop Revan from escaping the planet, so yeah. he was like sacrifice a few billion yeah. lives to do it. He's like turned still the failed. turned the planet to glass. Yeah, he still couldn't even do it. It's like, dude, get it together, my man. Um, uh, I also couldn't figure out what happened to the neck ghouls. Uh, I thought that was like a whole kind of interesting. I think the neck ghouls are actually really cool after reading about them. Yeah. Um. But sentient rackles, yeah. Yeah, like they become bipedal and and like they can wield the force. And that kind of makes sense because they are kind of the like a dark side monstrosity, <laughs> yeah. right? So that does make sense to me. Um, but uh all I read was they grew to their population grew to about a hundred thousand on Terrace after like the humans were gone. And some Jedi's had some interactions with them. Both Sith and Jedi tried to turn them. Yeah, Either this sounds way. like it all comes from uh, the Knights of the Republic MMO. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. it's mostly from the game. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I wish I could get into MMOs more. I just I can't do it. So I'm trying. Oh, I'm gonna lean on our audience who plays <laughs> yeah. religiously. They have some sweet cinematics. Shout out to they definitely did to them. I uh, they, they just dropped one the other week. Still, I I think going. they released yeah. like some kind of expansion pack for yeah. it. Uh, I've never played it only because it it never came out on Mac, and I've always had a Mac. So <laughs> like they and they never released it on Mac. So I've I've been yeah, out. Of luck. I just can't get into MMOs. So yeah, I yeah I I I only ever got into WoW. That was I've I've played other MMOs, but I haven't not more than like a week or something. Yeah. You know, before I kind of drop them. Uh, I did play WoW for quite a while, but yeah, it, I I don't know. A lot of Emma WoW was was very good at bringing you in because it was like very simple and easy to get into, and then it, it was could, engineered to be. That yeah, nice. yeah, <laughs> but but and then it would get like more complex as you as play you the game, well. but. Yeah. A lot of other MMOs aren't like that. Like you, you kind of have to because they, they're trying to show off all their features and show yeah, you how different they yeah. are from WoW. It's like too much. Like I yeah. can't, I can't handle it. You know, my brother he plays uh, Eve online. Okay, which that's I, wild. Yeah, yeah, from what I understand is like like the one of the most complicated online MMOs, and it has its own internal economy. Yeah. you know, and it's pretty wild. But uh, it's, it actually sounds like a great idea. It's just. Uh, you personally, it's not. Yeah, I'm like, like I, I don't have the time for that. <laughs> it's like learning like an engineering degree. <laughs> um. Uh. So, but yeah, with all that, um, I put it out to the fans, people who maybe have read some books. There are some books that net goals uh, featured, not net goals, but terrace. Uh, okay. Terrace is talked about in. Um. So maybe people have more insight into the planet and its history. Um, couple fun facts. Uh, Boba Fett actually owns real estate on Terrace. Uh, oh, nice! A yeah. little penthouse apartment. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, Terrace in Disney Wars. Um. So in the Disney canon, uh, it is feature featured in a Tarkin in the Tarkin novels. Um. Apparently, it's a big part of that story. Uh, it's also an important part of the High Republic era. Uh, apparently. Um, mm. So if anyone has been interested, I kind of doubt any of our fans would be, but maybe. maybe. There, I think there's some people that are more forgiving of Disney than <laughs> maybe, we are. Maybe, yeah. And, and that's totally fine if that's, you know, you're up your alley and you can definitely let us know what your thoughts are Yeah. on Disney's take on Terrace, if there's anything significant or they're just name dropping to pull in old yeah. fans. Well, for sure, Disney has obviously accepted Terrace as canon. Um, however, they are very ambiguous about what happened on Terrace. Disney hasn't full out canonized canonized Revan, yeah. but they've m- made like some like hint. he is, but there is he the Revan that we know? Yeah, I there are hints of Revan, but there's no like there's the Revan, there's like this, um, I guess there's a cult of Revan or something. Yeah, I, I've heard his name come up a few times. Yeah, um, but they don't, uh, and I think actually, from what I read, Felonia was pretty um, 
influential in making sure there's some connection to Revan. Revan yeah. um, I mean, they are going to re-release the KOTOR games, and I don't know if that counts as also a canonization of the entire, as you know it, as you remember it. Are they just remastering it? Or are they, like, they were doing some unique dialogue. They just fired the girl who's uh, in charge of that. But Oh, really? Oh. They're, they are putting their fingerprint on it. Okay. How extensive that is, if it's just minor re-edits, or if Well, I, wa- just... I, I want them to make a KOTOR 3. I want them to, like, actually... <laughs> do you, though? I do. Do you? <laughs> Even if it's bad, I still want it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, uh, so in Disney Wars, uh, Terrace, it is insinuated that it experienced some kind of devastation. But in the the Disney Wars version, from what I understand, is there's like shipwreckage all around the planet. Okay, and all these like destroyed ships that scatter the surface, and so. Uh, but I don't know what that is like. Alert. What, it yeah. seems like there was some sort of like magnificent battle or something that happened over the planet. Yeah. So, or um, there might be a geo. Is there like a feature of the planet that causes ships to get wrecked? Like almost like not uh, that I could find. If if a there rocky was rocky shore in space kind of idea. Sorry, like a rocky shore in space, like a dangerous stop that ships get like pulled into some gravity well. Or yeah, if there was, I couldn't find anything like that. Okay. So. Well. Anyways, uh, let's uh, jump into some housekeeping. Um, all right. Uh, we got an email uh, from uh, both a fan and a patron. Uh, and he was asking about our uh, Mandalorian Wars episode. And in that episode, Christian and I were discussing, we were sort of criticizing maybe about like, why didn't um, Mandalore the Ultimate like, his motivations weren't really clear for raging the Mandalorian Wars. Is that is that what we we're discussing? Do you remember? I, I think we were criticizing like the lack of initiative on the part of Revan and Mandalore. Like it was all this big scheme by the Sith. Oh yeah, yeah. And then yeah, kind of kicking off the events of their true plan, right? Like just using right, right. characters that we liked as they were written originally as pawns essentially to achieve a greater aim. Yeah, but uh, Ethan, who wrote to us, um, mentioned that there they did have more initiative than maybe we were letting on in our criticism. Um, so he he highly recommends the Darth Revan novel, which I guess fleshes out kind of the motivations for Revan and for Mandalore the Ultimate, and kind of like having their own personal motivations as well. Like there is that Sith manipulation, which I mean, arguably there always is. So like if you if you think about let's say Anakin. Um, it's not like Darth Sidious mind controlled Anakin to be this like automaton doing his will, but manipulating Anakin's motivations that were already there towards a dark side aim. Right. So by that same token, like the Sith Emperor manipulated, obviously Mandalore, the ultimate to go on this big crusade against the Republic, which was already like an aim of his, um, and then just showing him a vision and a promise of a victory that would kind yeah. of kick it all off, right? Yeah. Like if uh, someone comes up to you and guarantees you victory, like of course you'll take it. And then Revan's return as a Sith Lord to like conquer the Republic after he goes, you know, because Revan starts out as a good guy, just a quick rehash, as a Jedi Knight, fights in the Mandalorian Wars, goes off, becomes corrupted by the Sith Emperor, and then comes back, invading the Republic that he had once defended. So yeah, yeah it was just kind of like our criticism of like robbing these characters of their agency. Yeah, which I guess isn't an accurate is not an accurate. Uh, they weren't just automatons being mind controlled. Let's say by well, the well, the claim or the sort of the later the plot was that like they were all just pawns in a in, this, in a bigger game in a bigger game. Yeah, yeah. sort of yeah. being guided and directed by the like. Yeah, but to what plot. level someone is being controlled? Let's say is yeah. is the, what we're kind of bringing into question here and what. Evan was Ethan. Ethan, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, I would say like the explanation that like Mandalore the Ultimate was given a vision. And that sort of is what sparked his delusions of grandeur, right? Um, Not delusional if you're right, though. (laughs) But he lost. (laughs) Are you right when you lose? I don't think so. Does might make right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anyways, uh, 
yeah, I, uh, he, uh, Ethan brought up some good points. So, and uh, just to anyone who's listening, you're free to message us um, on Instagram, Twitter, Patreon. You can email at us, us at starlorespodcast at gmail.com and just bring up any questions or comments comments about yeah things you want to think are important to bring up about previous episodes on that note uh christian do you want to talk about the instagram messaging yeah so uh to our eternal embarrassment um so i don't have an instagram i'm not really great with social media i try to stay off of it on a personal level level so when I do engage with it, it's usually through like the podcast and stuff. And apparently we've been receiving a ton of messages that were going to like a separate inbox that we didn't know about until very recently, like last week. I, I did know about it, but it doesn't give you any notifications. There's no notifications. So yeah. I never, I, I always forget about this like inbox. So you, cause you have to go in and manually check it. And there's, even when you go into the app, it doesn't tell you that you have There's messages. You have to actually go to the message tab and like, I just don't think about it. Yeah. Right? And, and I don't use Instagram outside of this. So I didn't even know it existed. So yeah. to everyone who has messaged us, we do sincerely apologize. Um, we weren't ignoring you. We just didn't know you were talking to us. So if you are listening, um, we will, I guess, maybe try to message you back. Yeah, we'll try and check it more regularly. Yeah. Make sure that we're... For all that, like, I don't know if you get a... If I had a message all the way from March of last year, I'm like, <laughs> maybe I'll reach out to you. Let's hope. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we apologize uh, if you were messaging us on um, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. We also want to give a big shout shout outs to our new patrons we're getting a lot of them thank you guys uh this helps us out so much helps us to make more content um and to pay the bills like hosting fees and all that kind of stuff equipment um so that we can make uh, a better product for you to enjoy uh so our new patrons are juan adam nan jordan not me different jordan (laughs) and uh Paterna. So uh, if I miss anyone, I sincerely apologize, but uh, clap, 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 clap. Thank you. All right. On that note, we are out. <laughs>